Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah, it's a very good morning to you. Monday the 29th of January, SEN Summer Brekkie here. Trent Copeland and Michael Karianis with you on SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney. We're filling in the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. And for those of you listening across the SEN network and the SEN app, it's a good morning to you too. Yannick Sinner uh, came from two sets down to defeat Daniel Medvedev in the Oz Open last night. We're going to unpack that all with Brett Phillips very shortly. We've been talking cricket. The Windies beating Australia. Uh, first time on home soil, uh, Australia losing to the West Indies since 1997. Pretty crazy, that result, as well as England beating India in India. Uh, but over the weekend, MC, I'm not sure if you caught this, but uh, we learnt a little while ago, a few months now, Alan Border. Uh, he'd been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, tra- tragic story. Um, but for a legend of Australian cricket and Australian sport generally, um, it was it sort of rocked everyone. It's come amongst some tragic loss with Andrew Simons, Dean Jones uh, and Shane Warne, obviously in the cricket world. Uh, but over the weekend, Alan Border, uh, I think it was on Friday, he had a fantastic interview talking about it and opening up about his battle with Parkinson's disease on Fox Cricket. Let's take a listen. Yeah, I got really sore in the hip. So I just thought it was, you know, age catching up with me. And um, I started to get a bit of a dead leg, left leg. Um, and just things like that started to happen more regularly. When I was first diagnosed in 2016. You know, I had to go and see a, a neurosurgeon. And as soon as I walked in the door, he just said, look, Alan, I, I can just tell you've got Parkinson's. Sorry, I'm sorry to tell you. Just like that, you know, just knocked me over the feather, basically. Um, I knew something wasn't quite right, but I didn't think it was that. And, I, and I, to be honest, I didn't know much about Parkinson's. And the first thing that came to my, my mind at the time was Muhammad Ali yeah. riding the um, Olympic uh, cauldron. So I just thought, oh, my God. You know, and, and it was just a, a strange sort of feeling and a strange trip home with... Jane was with me, uh, my better half, and we just sort of thought... Bloody hell, you know, what, does, what does this actually mean? And, and science is getting better and better with uh, drugs and different uh, things they can do for you. You know, you can't, it, there's no cure. It's just uh, you've got to slow the process. Yeah, it, it, I am worried, yeah, about, um, you know, the, the, that slow decline in, in, in the process. Um, I am worried about that. And I've, I've sort of taken the route, you know, the, the least I know, the better. I, I do get lectured quite often about you haven't been for a walk for a couple of days or you haven't done this, haven't done that, or you, what are you doing, uh, drinking all those beers and <laughs> all, all this sort of stuff, you know, all the stuff I shouldn't be doing. But, um, yeah, look, I, I'm being kept on the straight and narrow by her and plus, uh, you know, a good medical team. 
So that's Alan Border speaking about living with Parkinson's disease. Pretty tragic stuff. Mm. Uh, but he spoke honestly, openly and frankly uh, and a lot of respect from a lot of people. And we obviously wish him all the best with everything that comes his way throughout. But MC, what did you make of all of that? Yeah, real um, the vulnerability of a guy that had none on, on the cricket pitch. Right. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, a statesman of the game. And it was great to hear him on, on the Fox coverage again um, over the course of, of this test match. But, um, you know, he's real about um, the, the path that, that lays ahead. And, um, you know, the fact that he was diagnosed in, in 2016 and it's only sort of just come to light um, last year um, shows the remarkable strength that he, that he does have. Yeah, absolutely. And you, as you said, such a, you know, brutal at times, yeah. you know, hard-edged player on the cricket field and a leader. Um, now, you know, life comes at you and uh, we obviously, as we said, wish him all the best. And as you also rightly mentioned, still great to get his insights mm. on the game and talk about it. You know, yeah. even across eras, uh, numerous things have changed within cricket, but still very much engaged in it, walking around in the press box over the weekend, um, seeing him and, he, and talking with him. He's in good spirits, having a great time, loving life uh, as things go. So a great interview there on Friday. Now, we have so much to unpack at the moment. Updating the NFL this morning, Kansas City 14, currently leading the Baltimore Ravens in the second quarter there. Two minutes 56 remaining. Well, it's certainly on my screen, that is. Uh, but 14-7, the score there in the AFC Championship game, the NFC Championship game, the Lions up against the 49ers, that one coming from 10.30 Sydney time. Uh, it's going to be a ripper. I can't wait for that one. Now, we have to unpack the Australian Open. My goodness. Yesterday was just remarkable. A lot of you listening, you'll be uh, waking up today thinking, hang on, uh, Medvedev was up two sets to love. Well, no, Yannick Sinner had one of the more remarkable come-from-behind wins and the main man from the Aussie Open for SEN, Brett Phillips, was there calling it. Let's take a listen to Sinner's win. He made the first serve. Medvedev goes backhand cross-court. Sinner backhand cross-court. Medvedev backhand cross-court. Up the line by Sinner. Cross-court forehand. Medvedev up the line by Sinner. And it finishes in style off his forehand that has been the absolute devastating wing in this tournament at full stretch, Yannick Sinner. It's the most appropriate shot to make him a Grand Slam champion. Three hours and 44 minutes, a 22-year-old from Northern Italy has done an incredible job to get back into this match and go on and actually win the whole thing. Oh, BP, when you listen to that back, a pretty magic moment in Australian Open history. But good morning, and how much sleep have you had? Uh, not much. I didn't actually make it to my bed. The, uh, the couch has got a big <laughs> hole in it. I just came home and collapsed. Uh, yeah, phenomenal. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of Australian Opens, and you know, sometimes it becomes a bit of a blur. But uh, how fitting that we finish with a five-setter. I can't remember an Australian Open with so many five-set matches across uh, the last uh, 15 days, and it didn't look likely. Uh, last night, you know, Daniel Medvedev was out of the blocks really quickly uh, after, you know, obviously uh, being, uh, you know, two sets um, 
to love uh, down against uh, Zverev in that uh, final uh, semi-final on Friday. Uh, he wanted to, you know, make an emphatic start, and he did. And Sinner, you know, Sinner didn't look overawed, but he just looked a bit, you know, sort of um, uh, a bit sort of you know lost there for answers at times. So had a counteract uh, Medvedev, but yeah, the tide uh, turned. I mean, Daniil, I think a record in Grand Slam history. No one has spent more time on a court in a tournament than Medvedev. And down the stretch of that match, um, he, he certainly felt it, no doubt. He was, you know, sucking on the gels. He was, you know, the fluids. He was having, uh, you know, bathroom breaks. Um, he just looked out on his feet as the match wore on. And Sinner looked uh, fresh. I mean, he's played a, a great tournament. And yeah, a heartbreaker for Medvedev, you know, considering that the same thing happened to him against Nadal, you know, two sets up two years ago. Uh, men's tennis, it's it's brutal. You've got to go the journey. And, uh, you know, the, the, the great players just have this ability to sort of reset. And, OK, scoreboard says that, but I'm starting zero and zero again, and here we go. And, yeah, I mean, Sinner, uh, to finish off with that forehand, that was uh, a shot. When you look back at his highlights reel of the whole tournament, uh, that forehand was absolutely on fire. And, uh, yeah, look, it's it's a great story. The Darren Cale effect from an Aussie perspective, who's had such a big influence on uh, Yannick. This is the first of many. Uh, this won't be a flash in the pan. He's the real deal. And, you know, Alcaraz has won a couple. Now Sinner's won one. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was a change last night. Not to have Novak Djokovic in the final, let me tell you. It was very different. And uh, well done to Sinner. It was too good. As you reflect on the, the tournament now, BP, what one or two moments stand out for you? Yeah, well, um, I think just, yeah, the the... The five set matches, I, I just can't, I, I can't remember. There's so many. I, I don't have the final tally right in front of me, but uh, I think it is the most we've seen in a uh, in a Grand Slam. And um, I think if you go back to Friday, that was a significant moment in in tennis to see Sinner beat Djokovic on a court where he has absolutely dominated. And I think, you know, whilst we don't think that uh, Novak's going to disappear, that's the the end of him. Um, he's got a lot more to give still, uh, and he'll lick his wounds. And you know, he probably wasn't feeling totally at ease during the whole two weeks of the tournament, um, but he managed to sort of push through. But to see Sinner beat him legitimately uh, really announced, um, you know, a change uh, to the uh, the dynamic of what the next couple of years is going to look like. Because the reality is, you know, Djokovic is going to be another year older, another year older, so it's going to be t- become tougher, you know, for him to win these Grand Slams. And these guys now. They've got the full confidence they can beat him. So we felt there we were witnessing a real change uh, of the guard in in a, in a, in a sense. Um, and we've seen it back, you know, through many years before where we see that little change and shift as, you know, the older player, um, you know, just doesn't quite have the same capacity that he's had, you know, the year or two before. So I think that stood out, you know, for me. And then he goes on to win the whole thing. Sinner, when it didn't look likely last night. So it was, uh, yeah. yeah, an incredible final to cap it all off. Yeah, you're right, BP. Uh, we've got uh, Mr. Charlie Goodsir uh, with us this morning, and I'm going to get him to hit the audio from uh, Novak, who was talking after the loss in that semi-final. Let's take a listen. First, I want to congratulate uh, Sinner for playing a uh, great match, a great tournament so far. He's deservedly in the finals. He outplayed me completely today. I was, um, in a way, shocked with my level, you know, in a, in a, in a bad way. I mean... <laughs> Not much I was uh, doing right in the first two sets. Yeah, I guess this is one of the worst Grand Slam matches I've ever played, at least that I remember. So, um, yeah, not, not, not a very pleasant feeling playing this way. 
But at the same time, you know, credit to him for doing everything better than me, you know, uh, in every aspect of the game. Always, BP, always uh, really interesting hearing champions reflect on adversity uh, and when they lose. Uh, you know, I've often experienced it with Steve Smith and numerous others that, you know, it, when they get out or when they talk about failure, it's just very different to normal people on how they talk about it. Djokovic, no different. No, spot on. And look, I, I think, you know, it was going to take, uh, for a sinner to beat him, it was going to take uh, Djokovic being a little below his level and then Yannick rising his level. So somewhere in, in that mix, you know, that was going to give uh, you know, Sinner the chance to actually uh, knock him off. I mean, when, when I you know, think about that match and reflect on it, you know, I mean, Sinner did play great tennis. I mean, he, he to me, legitimately deserved to win the match. And uh, he built the pressure early on uh, Djokovic. This is what Sinner did uh, all tournament. I mean, you know, sitting up close and watching him last night, the way he moves, his movement is elite. You know, inside that baseline, which means you're taking the ball early, you're directing the traffic, you're the conductor out there, so to speak, and um, you know, legitimately deserves the win. And you know, I think it'll be fascinating now to see what the final stanza of Djokovic's career is going to look like. I mean, we've, we've often said you know, he, he could be one injury away from it all ending, or you know, is it just the reality that Father Time's going to eventually catch up with him? It's going to become harder. I mean, he'll look at you know, Jimmy Connors at 39, uh, <laughs> made a US Open uh, semi final, and you know, was doing that on adrenaline, as many others who played late into their careers and still had uh, success. But, you know, the physicality of the sport right now is at the, its highest peak. And, you know, as good as Novak is physically, um, these young guys have, you know, got the fresher legs. Um, we'll see. It's, it's fascinating. Uh, the year, I can't quite sort of predict how it's going to uh, work out. I mean, you know, Roland Garros is a little uh, away now until May, and you know, if Nadal comes back for that, does, is he still maybe a contender and maybe his last Roland Garros? I mean, Djokovic will bounce back. He'll be, you know, certainly come the grass of Wimbledon. You know, still a formidable force. And then Alcaraz is interesting too because Sin has now sort of taken the mantle of the best um, young player uh, in form at the moment from last year into this year. So Alcaraz has got some work to do. So yeah, a lot of questions to be answered in uh, men's tennis this year. An interesting story which caught my eye, BP, was around let and and removing that from um, well, the Tennis Australia pushing to try and remove that from um, the Australian Open and potential other Grand Slams. Can you give us an insight into how that may that may play out and what some sort of resistance they may face? Sorry, Michael, you said let's? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, I, I, I've banged on, banged on about this for quite a while. I, I would just scrap them. Um, yeah, I, I think they're ridiculous. I mean, most of the time, most of the time, they are the finest uh, let that does not affect the trajectory of the ball whatsoever. Play on for mine. Mm. There's two things I'd fix. Uh, let's, and I, I would, I would bring in sudden death juice. Right, we see it in the doubles. Uh, it hasn't been brought into singles. It adds a bit of um, drama to and, and that cutthroat nature to the point in the doubles. And I think if tennis, whilst um, you know, whilst you know, you don't mind the long battle, right? That's just part of tennis. I mean, tennis has got to be conscious too of the product, time finishing, attention span of the uh, viewers and the, the new fans that are going to come into the sport over the next ten to twenty years. 
who are busy with their lives, you know, do you want to sit through a four-hour match? Well, if we have sudden death juice, that would cut the juice advantage, juice advantage. I, I like the drama around that too, but I reckon I would bring that in. But the Let's, yeah, college tennis, they don't play Let's. The next-gen finals, which is held at the back end of the year for the 21 and unders, they don't play Let's, they just play on. And occasionally you're going to get the dodgy bounce, right, or the one that's just unplayable. You cop that. But I would say, you know, 80, 90% of the Let's, it's just play on. You wouldn't even know that it's touched the net. So, yeah, I, I like the fact that they're thinking about that now and really putting it on the agenda. Yeah, good call. And, uh, it's, you know, for the betterment of the sport, you're always looking to improve it. So uh, we've got Yannick Sinner, the massive come from behind win, Sabalenka winning the women's final. We've got Aussies, oh, Matty Ebden, he wins in the doubles. So it was a yeah. great finish to the Australian Open. The first serve, your show, back on SEN tonight from 8pm. You have had a massive couple of weeks, BP. <laughs> Thanks for keeping us up to speed throughout. Now, pleasure to chat, guys. And, yeah, we're back for our 16th year on SEN, which is brilliant. And uh, you'll continue talking the world of tennis every Monday night because uh, we're only just getting started in a, in a long tennis season. Yeah, love your work, mate. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Cheers. We're here for Brighton's lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's lawyers.